0: Welcome to our first HaKel podcast, the first in the series called Classic Take, where we will discuss and analyze some of the fundamental concepts of Mashiach to try to gain a better understanding of what they are all about. The coming of Mashiach is very central to Yiddishkeit, and the first thing you would probably tell someone about Mashiach is to point out how central it is to Yiddishkeit. It's a basic part of our davening, a lot of Parts of Davning are focused solely on Mashiach. And uh, I think the single biggest thing that you could say that that will highlight how central Mashiach is, is that Mashiach is one of the 13 principles of Jewish faith. The Rambam codified 13 principles of Jewish faith in his commentary to the Mishnah, introduction to the 10th chapter of Sanhedrin, Perek Chalik. And there, the 12th principle of the 13 principles of faith, the Rambam highlights that this is the belief in the coming of Mashiach. The idea that the belief in Mashiach is a central component to Jewish faith has generated much debate already in the generations close to the Rambam amongst the Jewish thinkers. Just like the the general idea of a lot of the principles of Jewish faith were heavily debated, what is is integral, what isn't so integral, and so on and so forth. And uh, some people questioned outright, you know, no one questioned the belief in the coming of Mashiach and no one questioned how important it is and how nice it is that Mashiach will come. But the question is, why is it so integral to Yiddishkeit? Or if I would word it more potently, why is Mashiach indispensable to Yiddishkeit? Why can't we say that, God forbid, we will be in exile forever, and we will have whatever teda mitzvahs we could do now. We will serve the Abishit under the conditions we could do now. We will keep Shabbos, we will put on tefillin, we'll learn teda. We could spend our whole life, you know, stagging away and advancing more in Avedas HaShem. What is Why is Mashiach indispensable tedishkeit? Yes, Moshiach is will make life much better, will help us physically, spiritually. But why is it indispensable tedishkeit? And as a number of... A number of of great sages understood that when the Rambam is codifying the principles of Jewish faith, the Rambam is not just writing beliefs that are important, central. The Rambam is writing things that without them, if if a person wouldn't believe in this particular detail, then the whole Yiddishkeit, so to say, would collapse. Just like when you have a building and you have a foundation. If a foundation is gone, then the building is gone. Similarly, a lot of great Jewish thinkers understood the Rambam to be saying that if one does not believe in the coming of Mashiach, then the whole Yiddishkeit, if the foundation, one of the foundations of Yiddishkeit is gone, then the whole Yiddishkeit would, God forbid, collapse. And the question is why? And the truth is, this type of talk a number of great sages wrote, they said that even if... You know, God forbid we would be stuck in exile forever. We would still be obligated to serve Hashem. Obviously, serving Bishter is not dependent. Our obligation to serve Hashem is because we're Hashem, you know, we're the servants of Hashem. That's, you know, it's not like we have a, a deal with Hashem that we're only obligated to serve him if he's going to bring Mashiach. So, why is the belief of Mashiach so integral for the Yiddishkeit? And the various approaches, various reasons that a number of uh, great thinkers, great Gedele Yisrael explained. They will focus here on two approaches. One approach is offered by the Bar and Sefer Ikrim and others. And uh, the second approach is is explained by the Rebbe and it's also explained in a few other Sfarim. The classic approach to this, the classic answer to this question as the Bar and other and other Jewish sages that dealt with these types of questions explained is that if we look closely at the 13 principles of Jewish faith we will notice that there are three main principles that are being addressed. The first few principles of Jewish faith deal with the belief in Hashem and that itself has a number of principles. There's another number of components believing that Hashem is one and he's not physical and so on and so forth. The second segment of belief of of the 13 principles of faith which also it's, it's, it details a few, it includes a few particular principles of Jewish faith. Is the belief in Torah and ashiman, the is from heaven. And that itself, there are a few components belief in that concept of prophecy, the belief in the uniqueness of the prophecy of Moshe, that the Torah will never change, etc. The third group of uh, principles of faith deal with the concept of schar reward and punishment. There is the belief that the Eibushter is Mashkiach. The Eibushter looks and watches what everyone does, and that he rewards those who do the right thing and he punishes those who don't. Now, the reward, the the belief in the in fact that sees what people do and punishes and rewards accordingly, is integral to faith, integral to the Jewish faith, because if one does not believe that watches over us and he he deals with us according to our actions, he basically doesn't believe that our actions mean anything. You know, even if he believes that Ebishter exists and Ebishter gave us a Torah, but why should he feel compelled to do the Torah if he doesn't believe that Ebishter cares about what we do, what we don't do? So, even though, obviously, the ultimate way of serving Hashem is not to do so out of fear of punishment and of desire for reward, but nevertheless, it's important to know, to be aware, to believe that our actions make a difference. Tepesher is clearly watching what everyone is doing, and he deals with us accordingly. So. A number of Gedele Yisrael, the Barbanel and others, they explain the belief in the coming of Mashiach as a component of the belief in reward and punishment, and simultaneously a component of the belief in the fact that the Eibishter is Mashkiach, the E-bishter watches over everything that people do. And they explain very simply, they say a person is told to believe, how the E-bishter watches that everyone does, and the righteous will be, will, will, will be rewarded, he looks around the world and he seems to him quite the quite opposite is taking place. As the age-old question that Moshe already asked, why do the righteous suffer? Why do the wicked prosper? So he might question this idea that we say that is uh, watches over everyone, that he rewards and punishes accordingly, you know, might not seem that way to us. So in, in order that our belief in reward and punishment should be crystallized, should be something that is, that is vividly true to us, it's important that together with that, as a component of that, we, will, we believe in the coming of Mashiach, which that belief means that at that time, Hashem will show us that the good guys will win and the bad, bad guys will lose, to put it very bluntly. In other words, that the Jewish people, those who kept hei will be rewarded and the nations that persecuted us, you know, and wicked people will, will be punished in some form or another. So the belief in the coming of Mashiach helps us believe it's 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 an important component in the belief in reward and punishment because this is because besides the fact that the coming of Mashiach itself is viewed by these great Jewish sages as a part of reward and punishment. The coming of Mashiach is a form of reward for those that for the righteous and a form of punishment for those that suffer. It'll be the day of judgment at a later point the coming, etc. But in addition to that, it also is integral, so to say, to the general belief system, reward and punishment to believe in the coming of Mashiach. Now this is the classic medieval approach, so to say, that the Jewish sages um, took to understand how the Rambam fit the coming of Mashiach into Jewish faith. So according to this understanding, it's not that Mashiach in of itself is central to Ishkait, right? it's because Mashiach. Is a component of a of a more general principle of reward and punishment, which is why we include the coming of Mashiach as a, a component of of the thirteen principles of faith as well. Now there are a number of issues with this understanding. Just to mention one of them, is that you know it's true that the coming of Mashiach might be interpreted as a component of of reward and punishment. But technically, there are other forms of reward and punishment. There's belief in the afterlife. There's olam haba. There's a, according to the Rambam, anyway, the ultimate reward is not the days of Mashiach. Days of Mashiach are not really a reward. It's, it's the afterlife, the olam haba, which is the main reward. So, according to the, the understanding of, of the Rambam of where Mashiach fits in, Mashiach is not really so much connected with reward and punishment so the the main reward and punishment takes place in the afterlife so why is uh if we're saying that mashiach is mentioned because it's a component of reward and punishment it's a little hard to understand that because mashiach is not the main form of reward and punishment so it wouldn't be so integral to mention mashiach just because of the fact that it helps clarify reward and punishment we could let's say belief in the afterlife which is also very important that Elaborates upon it in has Tshuva and so on and so forth. I mean, that, that would also help answer a person's issues with why the wicked prosper and the, and the righteous suffer. We could explain it that in the afterlife people will be rewarded in punishment and so on and so forth. Another point that I would just like to highlight, as a it's not directly related to our discussion, but it's a very important insight that we glean from this discussion. As we see from this discussion, the Abar and others, they view Mashiach as within the context of reward and punishment, which means that they view the promise of the coming of Mashiach as a promise that Abisha will reward the Jewish people for all their suffering in exile, for all the tater that they did, and he will punish the wicked. As we will soon see, that that is very different to the Rebbe's approach to Mashiach because the Rebbe's approach to Mashiach, as we will see, is that Mashiach is an integral component of our actual fulfillment of Tehid It's not just a reward or a punishment, which is a second separate component. You know, reward and punishment is not part of your work. It's something which comes later. It's an effect of your work, but not part of the work itself. So anyway, we will soon, we will now go to the Rebbe's approach. The, The Rebbe's approach regarding this question which is also the approach that uh, I saw recently, there's a Sefer Nevei Shalim, which was written by a contemporary of the Ba'am lived in the same time, although he's not nearly as famous. His name was uh, Rabbi Avram Ben Yitzchok Shalim. and uh, he wrote a Sefer Nevei Shalim discussing various ideas in Yiddishkeit, and he discusses towards the beginning of a Sefer, he actually deals with this very question, why Mashiach is a principle of Jewish faith. And he says, very similar to what the Rebbe says, he puts it in his own, he elaborates upon it, he twists it in his own, spins it his way. But the point that he is saying is as follows. He is saying, the belief in Mashiach is the belief that Teter Mitzvahs will be able to, will finally be fulfilled the way it's meant to be. What does it mean the way it's meant to be? Most of the Mitzvahs we cannot fulfill now in the time of exile. Furthermore, even the mitzvahs that we could fulfill, Shabbos, filling kosher, the truth is that the ultimate way of fulfilling them is in Eretz Yisrael. In other words, the uh, at least spiritually, and, and, and it's explained that the the effect of the mitzvahs are much more manifest in the land of Israel. But even on a very simple level, the 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 Torah mitzvahs was given to be fulfilled in a certain environment. And that environment is that the Jewish people should be in the land of Israel. They should have a Jewish king. There should be the Beis HaMikdash. There should be the place where Hashem's presence is openly revealed. And in this environment, the Jewish people will fulfill all the Torah mitzvahs. Now, in exile, besides the fact that quantity-wise, we have missing many mitzvahs that we can't fulfill in the times of exile, but also quality wise, even the mitzvahs that we do fulfill now are not being fulfilled in the proper setting the way they are supposed to be according to the Torah. So he basically puts it like this. He says, if one will t- entertain the thought that exile will last indefinitely, God forbid, he's basically saying that there are many that the whole the whole set of or the majority of mitzvahs are no longer relevant. That the setting the weird mitzvas are supposed to be done, the Hashem's whole plan for Torah mitzvahs. Is 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 never gonna is, is not gonna happen again. So he's basically saying that a large segment of taita is to be disposed of. Doesn't exist. What well, that basically means, if you say that, that's basically saying that taita doesn't come from Hashem. If tayda comes from Hashem, if tayda is true. Tayda is real. taita has to be eternal. It's impossible to say that a certain part of taita or a large segment, and, and and so to say the whole setting of how Thayda is supposed to be done, where it's supposed to be fulfilled, and the setting that is supposed to be fulfilled with the Beis HaMikdash and a Jewish king etc., all that, you know, was a thing of the past and it doesn't, uh, it's not relevant anymore. Once you're doing that, you're undermining the divinity of Thayda, because if Thayda is divine, it, it, then it's, it's, it's not possible to say that any part of it gets disposed. So, in a certain sense, what He's basically saying, and the way the Rebbe also puts it in a little bit, in a little different nuanced wording, but the same idea is that he's basically, we're basically saying over here is that the belief in the coming of Mashiach is a belief, part of the belief in the eternity of Torah. In order for a person to believe in the eternity of Torah, that Torah, the plan of Torah for the Jewish people to fulfill the mitzvahs will actually become real, become manifest, a person has to believe in the coming of Mashiach. Otherwise, then the Torah is not divine. Torah, is, 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 there will never come a time that many of the mitzvahs will be fulfilled, and even the mitzvahs that we do fulfill today will not be fulfilled in their proper setting. And uh, that's basically undermining the whole truth, the whole eternity, the whole divinity of Torah. Based on this, we see that the belief in the coming of Mashiach is not a belief in a reward, which is a result of our actions. A belief in the coming of Mashiach explains is, is the belief that Yiddishkeit, Torah Mitzvahs, will be able to be fulfilled the way it was meant to be all along? It's a belief that relates to our fulfillment of a Torah Mitzvahs, not the reward for our fulfillment of Torah Mitzvahs. And it also helps us understand why Mashiach is indispensable to Yiddishkeit. Whatever you do in Yiddishkeit, as much Torah as you're learning or whatever it is, you are not fulfilling. You're not fulfilling the, 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 the desire of Deibish and the Jew fulfilling Taita Mitzvah unless Mashiach comes. The whole Yiddishkeit is based on Mashiach. So, if we would go back to the question that I mentioned in the name of the Chassam Sefer and others who said that we obviously as Jews would be obligated to serve Hashem even if we would be doomed to remain in exile forever, yes, obviously that is true from our perspective, from our obligation as someone who has to, as, as, as a people who have to fulfill Hashem's will, our obligation to fulfill Hashem's will does not depend on anything that Hashem does, whether life is beautiful or the opposite, God forbid, whether we have the ability to fulfill all 613 mitzvahs or only one mitzvah, so we obviously are obligated to do our utmost to serve Hashem. It doesn't undermine the coming of Moshiach, does, uh, the, the, the our our obligation to fulfill Tadamitzvahs, for what we could do, obviously, is not dependent on the coming of Mashiach. And Rambam himself actually uses the same words. There's an Egeres Hashemah, the letter that the Rambam wrote, the Jewish people were being persecuted in a certain place for their religious observance. And the Rambam was telling the Jews they should go somewhere else where they're able to practice their religion and freedom. And Rambam says, a person shouldn't say, no, I'll stay here and I'll wait until Mashiach comes and then I'll be able to serve God as an open Jew. The Rambam says, you can't say that. You can't depend on Mashiach. Which Rambam is trying to say that my obligation as a Jew to fulfill Taimitzus is, is 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 constant. It doesn't depend. It doesn't. Beca- it doesn't. A, a Jew can't say, "I'll wait until Mashiach comes to fulfill Taimitzus." However, from the perspective of Taimitzus themselves, from the perspective of under of of what of not my obligation to fulfill Taimitzus, but the, the 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 fulfillment of Taimitzus in this world. Demands the belief in the coming of Mashiach because many of the mitzvahs, the fulfillment, not my obligation to fulfill them, but the ability, the physical ability, the environment that is necessary for these mitzvahs to be fulfilled depends on the coming of Mashiach. So belief in the eternity of the Torah automatically demands that there should be belief in the coming of Mashiach. And this also explains why the Rambam. Like according to this understanding, we see that the belief in the coming of Mashiach is not a belief that Hashem will reward us for the Torah It's quite the contrary. It's a belief that we will finally be able to fulfill the Torah And when we look in the Rambam, we see clearly that the Rambam in his Hilchas Mulachim and his Sefer Shavtim, when he describes the coming of Mish- when he describes our our belief in Mashiach what Mashiach has to do, he focuses almost solely on one point, on the idea that Mashiach has to build a on Hamikdash. Gather in the exiles, establish a proper, secure environment for us to fulfill Taito Mitzvahs. And that's how you know he's Mashiach. He doesn't mention too many things about reward, about great things that we get as a reward to the Taito Mitzvahs we fulfill now. Because it's, the Ramim's understanding of Mashiach and why Mashiach is integral to the Jewish faith is not based on reward and punishment, but based on the ability to fulfill the Taito Mitzvahs. So this is the the basic understanding of why Mashiach is integral to Jewish faith. Because the Jewish people's ability to perform the mitzvahs is dependent on Mashiach's coming. There's also another further point, which is, as so to say, it's a second further point, which comes after the point that I just said. Which is not only when Mashiach comes, will we have the ability as Jews to fulfill a mitzvahs, but this will also be the time that the world at as at large, universally. Will finally be able to heed Hashem's call and they will fulfill the purpose for what they were created for. Which that's also true and that's also part of the complete fulfillment of Taita mitzvahs, because the complete fulfillment of Taita mitzvahs does not only mean on, on the literal scale, it means that we as Jews will have the ability to do all the mitzvahs. But if you dig a little deeper conceptually, the complete fulfillment of mitzvahs means that it in, entails the belief that the Taita mitzvahs will finally reach the goal with, for which they gave them in the first place, which is to refine human beings, to refine the world at large, to live to a certain standard of living. The point of Tad HaMitzvahs is not just that I should do what I shouldn't do. The point of Tad HaMitzvahs is to shape my character. My character should be in sync with the plan, with the blueprint of creation of Tad HaMitzvahs. So the belief in the coming of Mashiach doesn't only include the belief that we will finally be able to fulfill the Tad but it also includes the understanding that the Taira Mitzvahs will finally be realized, their effect, their goal will finally be realized in the world at large, which is what the Taira Mitzvahs are aimed at, at transforming the world at large. And this is reflected in the fact that not only the Jewish people fulfill Taira Mitzvahs, but that the world at large will be in a way that people at large will serve the and also the world itself will be in a way that is hospitable, that helps us serve Hashem. There'll be abundance of Hamadanam and Suyun-Kafra, as Ramam says, that delicacies will be as abundant as the dust, and so on and so forth. All these things help ex- show our, our manifestations of how the world is receptive to the message of Torah, tey- which this is all part of, on a more deeper level at least, part of the manifestation of the complete fulfillment of Torah Mitzvahs, how Torah Mitzvahs are finally affecting their purpose, their goal for which they were meant, they were given for in the, in the first place. Hashem should help, we should merit the coming of Mashiach, take of me Mamish, right now. Plastic Take is produced by Todalt's Podcast Productions, producers of The Daily Boost, the weekly Fabrengen, power Fabrengen and Mashiach, Mindset Audio, available on all podcast platforms.